Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. another edition of football 24 7 he's john mcmullen and i am your guy tone DeShields the second as you guys can already see i am not in my usual digs john <laughs> yeah man yeah you know i had to be we all got to do it occasionally tone you're at a wedding so yeah think of think about all the excitement you're gonna have at the wedding uh, <laughs> don't worry about the hotel room Love is definitely in the air, my man, for sure. And the love is definitely flying high right now with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are right now 8-0 and on the season. And, you know, this is their – today was their first full practice in, what, two weeks, John? <sighs> full practice. Let me think about that. Yeah, about uh, Wednesday, a little bit more than two weeks because they had the short week, so it was all walkthroughs. So, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> this team hasn't played that much uh, <laughs> over the past month. Uh, you have the buy and then the mini buys pretty much, um, you know, back and forth. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I, I think the buy was a little bit early. You prefer it to be a little bit later when, when the natural bangs and bruises of an NFL season kind of uh, pile up a little bit on you. Um so from that standpoint, probably not great. And then you have the mini buy, which was even a little bit bigger this year for the Eagles because you have Thursday followed by Monday night. Uh, so you even get an extra day. Probably a little bit too close together. But, you know, it's an 8-0 no team. So <laughs> there's there's not a lot of stuff to complain about. So you, you look at the schedule and say, eh, could have been better. Could have been better from the Eagles' perspective. It was if it were set up a little bit differently, but control what you can 
control. That's what the coaches always say. Yeah, and that's also uh, Jalen Hurts' mantra, right? You know, always uh, the Renners always do, right? And uh, they always have to take it one week at a time. Always got to go one and no uh, each uh, and every week. So you were down at the North. You were down at the Novacare Complex today, and uh, they had a special guest, uh, Malcolm Jenkins. I heard, man. What, what was that about? You know, what you know? What were those vibes like? Uh, Malcolm was in. Uh, well, Malcolm lives here, so. Um... It, it, it's not rare. He he was doing a, a speaking engagement earlier in the day. Uh, just came down uh, to uh, take take practice in. Um, so not that not that rare. Malcolm does that a lot. I think he had one of his town halls at, at one of the local high schools for uh, social justice and things he's passionate about. So he was doing that uh, earlier in the day um, and then came down to watch practice. And obviously um, he's a, he's a big part of this organization and was a tremendous player for this organization. So, you know, ex players stop in every now and again, it was, it was fun to see Malcolm uh, today. Uh, And he's, you know, if you think about that Super Bowl team, somebody asked me, that on on another radio show I was doing a hit with and they were comparing the Super Bowl team versus this Eagles team. Now a lot of things have to go right to win a Super Bowl. The stars have to align, even though coaches don't like hearing that term luck. You gotta have some luck. And it, you know, I was around that Super Bowl team every day from day one of training camp to Minneapolis and I've been with this team every day pretty much and this team's more talented. I don't I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they're more talented than that Super Bowl team. I will say that. Yeah, you said something interesting, right? The fact that you do have, you know, some luck uh, is involved in winning a Super Bowl and being successful, you know, despite preparation, you know, you can prepare. There are some things that just don't go your way. It could be injuries. It could be so many different things. And, um, you know, two things that come to mind from that Super Bowl season were, to, uh, two injuries that weren't even on the Eagles. Well, one injury and one suspension. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers uh, shoulder injury that sidelined him for the whole season. And then Ezekiel Elliott um, being suspended for damn near the entire season. I think about maybe over half of the games or something like that. And I think those were two significant situations that played a key role in the Eagles' path to success. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles this season, right, and you think about that Super Bowl team um, from years past, Outside of the talent, because you say because you believe this team is more talented, I might have to agree with you on that. Um, but from the from the nuance, right? From I guess from an intangibles uh, from an intangibles perspective, uh, what do you think sets this team apart from the from the from the former Super Bowl team, or if they're similar? Um, I, well, the quarterback. I think the quarterback is sort of you know the epicenter of it all. I think. You know, we talked about a lot with Carson Wentz. Now, the bad things didn't happen uh, for Carson until later in his career. Uh, and the injuries were were probably uh, a part of it. Not, not probably. They were definitely a part of it. But even pre-injury, and remember, he was playing at an MVP level, very similar to uh, Jalen Hurts this year, uh, who's playing at an MVP level. But he... he, he he was always, you know, personality wise, he was always more of the introvert, which is, I think, difficult to be at the quarterback position. 
right. um, kept to himself. And and by that, I I don't mean in on the podium or to the fan base. I meant in the locker room, you know, kind of kept to himself. And um, as I said, just an introverted personality. Jalen kind of, and we you see it all, all the time. I mean, Jalen is, we all know people who kind of, take over a room, whatever you want to call it, light up a room, uh, have these big personalities. Uh, for whatever reason, Jalen Hurts is is one of those guys that people gravitate towards um, and follow. Um, so that, to me, would be the biggest difference. He's 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 a natural leader, and, and they didn't have that on the Super Bowl team. They just had a guy who was playing really, really well. So there are different ways you can go about things. But um, from that intangible standpoint, I think that's the difference. Um, but there's not – you know, Jalen's 24 years old, and I – you know, you could talk about Donovan McNabb. You can talk about um, whoever you want. Um it's rare that such a young man um, is that much of a leader on a football team, especially with guys like Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, veteran players that have been here for a long, long time. And he's still sort of taken over the team. It's kind of, it's kind of amazing from that standpoint. Yeah, you know, I was watching Jalen Hurts' interview on uh, the Kelsey podcast, uh, New Heights, uh, obviously with the Kelsey brothers. And, you know, uh, Jason mentioned the fact that he he was closer to retirement uh, the year <laughs> before Jalen got there uh, versus, I guess, at the end of last season. And he said the main reason he stuck around is because he felt – and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but – he essentially felt like he he had to be along for this ride. He felt like something was coming. You know, Jalen said he, you know, he talked to him a little bit. And, you know, you see the way Jason Kelsey, and you mentioned, you know, Jalen Hurts, he operates like this young veteran, you know, like this old soul, right? And you see the reverence that Jason Kelsey, uh, you know, looks at him with and, um, and, and treats him with. You know, uh, you know, can you speak on just how having a guy like Jason Kelsey with Jalen Hurts, how that just – in my opinion, fast tracked it, you know, his development and understanding of the game. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, it, it's one of those things and that's why you call it intangible. And it, a lot of people don't like that because you can't quantify it. The age of analytics, it was funny. Somebody asked Jalen today about how he did against the blitz in Houston. He did really well from a statistical standpoint. He was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know, <laughs> you know, to him it's, um, all right, you know, that's what they're doing. Let's try to take advantage of what they're doing. And to other people, it's like, oh, they're looking at the analytics. No, no, they're not. They're they're running their offense. Um from from the standpoint of the leadership, it's just it's 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 what he does. It's it's natural to him. He and I shouldn't say it's what he does. It's he doesn't do anything. That's just who he is. Um and, you know, it stems, and he talks about it a lot from his father's, his, you know, dad and his coach and Nick Saban and, and Lincoln Riley. And, you know, Nick Saban especially. I think Nick Saban is the guy who deserves mo most of the credit because you see it with Tua in Miami. He's having a great season. 
you you see it with Mac Jones um, in New England. He's not having a great season. But if you listen to people about Mac, they say the same thing. Great leadership skills, all that type of stuff. So, you know, there's there's a common theme, and that's that's Nick Saban. I think, you know, he 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 teaches young men the right way to play football. You know, you constantly hear about Jalen saying rat poison, avoid the rat poison. That's all Nick Saban. That's straight out of the, the Nick Saban playbook. So I think Nick Saban probably deserves most of the credit and the Eagles are, the Eagles are very lucky, but I will say this about the Eagles, and they hate that term. That's been a term all week, mainly about turnovers, but you know, the Eagles kind of want people to forget they didn't know about Jalen Hurts. I, I argue this with Ed Kratz, my buddy from Sports Illustrated, because he's all on this tangent about the Steelers should have taken Jalen Hurts. And you mentioned that podcast. Jalen said he thought he was going to go to Pittsburgh. Um, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, not that he thought it, but they need a quarterback and, you know, they didn't choose Jalen Hurts, but um, the Eagles, they didn't know what they had in Jalen Hurts. They're calling about Russell Wilson in the offseason, about Deshaun Watson in the offseason. They didn't know either. Now, I think maybe the coaching staff had a better indication had, you know, than the front office. But nonetheless, this organization as a whole, they didn't. I'm going to be blunt here. They didn't want Jalen Hurts. They wanted an upgrade. Mm. So sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Hey, sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. And luckily, Jalen Hurts, you know, he wasn't out the door. Uh, they moved on from the guy Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, obviously, like you said, this leadership, the way he approached the game, it can't be, it can't be quantified. But let's speak on something that can be quantified. And the fact that uh, Jalen Hurts um, is steadily and obviously improving as a passer. And he's running – uh, significantly less, especially these past few weeks. Um, he seems to be running um, with more intention. Well, he's always run with intention, but he seems to rely less on that and rely more on uh, going through his progressions and uh, uh, and delivering the ball uh, down the field. And, you know, the numbers say, you know, he's running less on first and second down and third down. Um, and he's just, again, he's, he's fast-tracking his development as a passer, and I don't think anyone really saw this coming. You know, they have they have the Washington Commanders this week, uh, week 10, and they have a very, very dominant pass rush. And, you know, I'm curious to know, you know, what's your thoughts on the fact that he's been running less? And then also, can that trend or will that trend keep up in week 10 against the Washington Commanders? Because they do have a very dominant <laughs> pass rush and they get and they give a lot of guys a, a run for their money. No pun intended. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's 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 a plan. Um, I think people who think the Eagles said uh, we got to run Jalen Hurts less. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, I think people around the league have looked at the Eagles and tried to develop plans on how they're going to stop the Eagles, and um, they're more concerned with the with the running of Jalen Hurts and the off schedule stuff. Uh, than the passing stuff. Now, maybe that changes in the coming weeks and and you'll see a little bit of a market correction. Bottom line is he, 
you know, early in the season, he got a lot of uh, man-to-man coverage, a lot of guys turning their backs, and he could run right behind it. And um, now he's getting a lot of zone, and they're daring him to throw the football in the zone, and he's doing it successfully. Um, But, you know, eyes are all on the quarterback because they're concerned about getting gashed. So I think it's got more to do with what the defense is doing, and that's the beauty of the Eagles' offense. If they – Nick Sirianni says this all the time. If, he, if I got to run him 20 times, I'll run him 20 times. If I got to throw it 50 times, I'll throw it 50 times. What do they need to do to win a specific game? That's what the Eagles offense is about. That's what they're doing. There's no cognizant plan of, oh, we can't let Jalen Hurts run. It's just, you know, if you're playing zone coverage, if, if the eyes are on the quarterback – and Dallas Goddard's open and A.J. Brown's open and they're always open, he's going to throw the football. But here's the thing, right? I know you say that's not a cognizant plan, at least from the coach's perspective, right? But let's think about what Jeffrey Lurie has wanted all along, a high-powered, a high-flying passing offense, right? So that, in turn, is the plan, right? You know, to have a high-powered passing offense and Jalen Hurts – by the numbers is running less and passing more or relying more on his pass, right? So isn't that, I guess, maybe not by design by the coaches, but just a byproduct of the plan overall by 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 the organization? Now, one thing about Nick, like he'll he'll pay lip service to that kind of stuff in the offseason. He'll talk about it. And then when it comes to the regular season, there's credit. Um he's gonna try to win on on Sunday. This week it's a Monday. Last week, it was a Thursday. Uh, He's going to try to win on a game day. And if Washington shows up and they play all man coverage, you're going to see a lot more runs from Jalen Hurts. I don't think that's going to happen. They're a zone team to begin with. Um, And you're going to see more coverage. But, you know, there are some blitz heavy teams. The Giants down the road with Wink Martindale. You know, he likes the blitz. You might see more running. Um, Cover quarters teams. uh, The the Eagles are a predominant quarters coverage team. Uh, Big Fangio sort of mentality, which is basically half the league. When you see that, probably going to see more throwing. But, yeah, it depends on what, how defenses are trying to play. And, And defenses, and there was a, an ESPN story this week asking a bunch of executives what they think of the Eagles. And and most teams still think that the best way to beat the Eagles is to force Jalen Hurts to throw the football. So most people still around this league are questioning his ability to throw the football consistently more than his ability to gash them uh, in the running game and with off schedule. Uh, offense. So at what point uh, does that straw brick the camel's back, right? At what point does these executives finally look in the mirror and say, wow, okay, we got this thing wrong. This kid is slinging a rock. You know, at some point they're going to have to respect this man's passing because he's completing well over 65% of his passes right now. And he's moving the chains. He's, he throws a, he throws a very pretty deep ball and the, the, the guy's winning. So at, w- at what point does the rubber meet the road with these executives, John? Well, remember, it's not necessarily that they think um, he can't throw the football. It's sort of you're weighing 
you know, you're picking your poison. Oh. That's that's one of the things with the Eagles that make them difficult. Like most teams, even with great quarterbacks that we all know, Tom Brady, most you know Tom's not going to run the ball, so you can <laughs> right. play in a certain way. Um, you know, the Eagles make it so difficult. And I said, you know, if I were a defense coordinator, I, I've asked this question. I ask it to a bunch of guests on birth 365 as well. I, I think about what, what am I going to take away? What am I going to take away first? If, if I'm playing the Eagles and my answer is, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I know I'm not going to try to stop the conventional running game. Um, I'm not too worried about that. Um, you know, but am I trying to stop Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown? Uh, I guess AJ would be number one on my list. Um, but then you kind of know you're going to get gashed by Dallas or vice versa, or it could be Devonte Smith or it could be Jalen Hurts running the football. It's a tough offense to deal with. Nick knows it. And Nick takes advantage of it. Hey, what more can you ask for? A uh, couple more questions before we close this thing out. Uh, injury updates, right? Um, I saw, uh, or I heard rather, Jordan Davis was at the facility and he's walking around um, without a brace, without a boot. Um, that clearly is a good sign. Um, but overall, uh, what's been, or what have you seen, what have you heard um, around this team about uh, the latest injury updates? Yeah, I saw Jordan today, and he was in good spirits. And But remember, he's on injured reserve, so right. he's out for three more games, no matter what. Uh, earliest he can come back is December 4th, uh, which would be perfect because that's when Tennessee and Derrick Henry come in so they could use him uh, for that per- particular game. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. The biggest concern is Abonte Maddox. Uh, we're only on Thursday, but if I were a betting man at Ocean Casino and Resorts, uh, nice plug there, John. I, nice I, plug. I would not, <laughs> I would not uh, count on Abonte Maddox playing. He he tweaked his hamstring in Houston, and it looked, you know, didn't look great. Uh, he was hobbling off the field into the injury tent. Uh, he was not at practice today, um, and. Josh Joe, for instance, the undrafted rookie corner, uh, also has a hamstring injury, but he was on the field watching. Um, Avante wasn't even on the field, so that gives you a clear indication. They didn't even want him near the field. Uh, his is probably a little bit more serious. Uh, so I would not count on him playing on Monday night. The good news is Josiah Scott was back at practice, limited, but back at practice. So that's a very good sign that he'll be ready. And that's big because if you didn't have both slot corners, Josiah Scott is a backup to Avante Maddox. That might have been a problem, but looks to me like Josiah is going to be able to play. Uh, but I wouldn't count on Avante Maddox. You mentioned um, that game where Jordan Davis has the opportunity to come back against uh, Derrick Henry and those uh, and those Titans, and he is clearly the the driving force of their offense. 
But I'm curious about this next four-game stretch after the Commanders game, the Colts, the Packers, the Titans, and the Giants. And, th- and that's going to be the toughest stretch in terms of the running backs they're going to have to face. Um, I know Nick Sirianni uh, spoke today for, um, you know, for a moment. Um, what, you know, what were their thoughts about, you know, defending the run um, going forward with all Jordan Davis? Did they speak on that? Um, did JG um, you know, speak on anything? You know, what's your thoughts overall yeah, about this? About well, this you know, the Eagles aren't a good tackling team. I mean, they're just not, and they're not going to be. We've seen enough, um, and they've done this, you know, there's a give and take, and, you know, they they got playmakers in the secondary. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is leading the NFL in interceptions. James Bradbury doing a tremendous job, very savvy player. We we all know Darius Slay. What do those three guys have in common? They're not great tacklers. Um, but, you know, would you rather have Chauncey making these game-changing plays or would you rather have some box safety wraps up well? And, you know, think about it last year with Anthony Harris and Rodney McLeod. Uh, you know, they, they've made this uh, – decision that it's more important to stop the passing game in this league than the running game. And so far they're eight. No. So I can't really complain uh, that much, but you, you, you look at Tennessee and you look at Derrick Henry specifically, I'm going to be interested to see that game. It's, it's a ways <laughs> to go, but boy, if Jordan Davis isn't back for that one, this get on, it's going to be ugly. Good luck, Chuck. <laughs> uh, final question before we get out of here, John. You know, the Eagles have played eight games thus far. They're 8-0, and 0, uh, you know, like, like it says on the bottom of the screen. And, you know, the road gets a little tougher, a little tougher just because of the road games. You know, they have a, they have a very strange stretch being on the road against the Cowboys and so on and so forth and uh, the Bears and whatnot. But they play eight games. At this midpoint in the season, who is – your offensive, your offensive MVP for the Philadelphia Eagles, and who was your defensive MVP? Um, that's a good question. Offensive MVP, mine is AJ Brown. Now, most people are going to say Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is leading the MVP betting markets or second, depending on where you look. Um, but for me. And I've said it since the start, A.J. Brown's the domino. Everything falls into place because of A.J. Brown's presence. And, you know, Devontae Smith is a is a really nice receiver, but he's not a wide receiver one, not at this stage of his career. And that's what he was last year, and you saw it. At times, the Eagles were good. At times, teams were able to shut them down. Now he's a wide receiver, too. And he might be the best or certainly top five in the league at that role. Quez Watkins as a wide receiver too? Uh-uh. That's not good. As a third receiver who can just run by people on occasion, that's fine. Dallas Goddard is really the second complimentary receiver. He's great in that role. Um, so A.J. Brown's presence has sort of put everything into place for the Eagles. That would be my pick on offense. On defense, it's 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 even more difficult because um, the value of, of different positions, everybody's going to look at the value of edge rusher, Hassan Reddick. The corners, Darius Slade, James Bradbury are playing lights out. 
My pick is T.J. Edwards, the quarterback mm, of the defense. The unsung hero. Yeah, the most underrated player on this team. You know, if you look at all, you know, PFF, I think people don't realize have him as the sixth best linebacker in the, in the entire NFL. Um, I think for whatever reason, people in Philadelphia don't realize how good he is. Um, and that would be my pick on on defense. Oh, man, I think I might have to agree with you on that. You know, A.J. Brown, like you said, is the domino. He him, he makes everything fit into place. And then T.J. Edwards, in my opinion, he is another domino that makes sure everyone is exactly where they need to be. I believe he's the, the he's the, he's directing traffic out there on defense. But, man, great show, John. As always, we appreciate your work and we appreciate uh, your insight, especially. You know, you guys have been locked in on football 24-7 with John McMullen. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged on the content. Comment below. Also, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And also, if you want more from John McMullen, if you guys are an avid reader of his work, make sure you guys go check out jacobsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. Once again, you guys were locked in on football 24-7 with John McMullen. And I was your humble host. And I am, rather, your humble host. Tony Shields the second. And take care, you guys, man. We appreciate it. More love, stay humble, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay hungry. And flag was fly.